This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 402 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are our friends at Horselovers.com and Uncle Jimmy's Horse Treats. Well, this week, teen auditor Ruby Kaufman is the listener of the week and the feathers fly. The productivity tip involves eating frogs, and the Horseloverscom Tack and Habit product is the new Noble Outfitters Guardian F- Guardsman Fly Mask. Listen in. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or hot water while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Boy, we've got a lot going on this week, don't we? Yes, we do. We have a bunch of stuff. But before we get started with all our guests and stuff, I have to tell you something exciting. What? Because we've been updating the app, the Horse Radio Network app. So it now includes the new show, the Rodeo Marketing Show. And if you haven't given that a shot, they have uh, two episodes out now. Uh, They're coming out the 15th and the 30th of each month, and it is all about marketing. It's not just rodeo marketing, but about marketing sporting events. Mm, So it's been very interesting to listen to because there is nobody in the horse world that markets better than rodeo. Rodeo markets, they make the most money. They get the biggest sponsors. I mean, they have big sponsors. We're not talking small sponsors here. So they know how to do it. And what they're doing on that show is getting the top rodeo marketers and marketers from other sports, skiing and and different sports that have done it well. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about not only from the aspect of marketing from the show's point of view, but also how to get sponsors from the athlete's point of view. Because a lot of these rodeo guys are sponsored as well. And, and, you know, obviously in other sports, they do it better than we do. Yeah. So even if you're not into rodeo, but you're into marketing in any way in your real life, away from horses or with horses, you're, maybe you're in charge of marketing a horse show in your local area or something like that. This is a show you probably should take a listen to. It's the Rodeo Marketing Show. It's now on the app on the iPhone. It's on iOS. Plus on iOS, we have now have the technology to do the live streaming of the morning show and any live events we do. So if you get if you, on iOS, if you go do the update on the Horse Radio Network app, you'll see it says live at the bottom. You click that and you can listen to Horses in the Morning live now on the app. And then anytime we do special events like Road to the Horse or the Radiothon, things like that, you can listen to that on your phone as well. So that's a new update. It'll be on Android very shortly, uh, probably within a week. It's uh, out for approval now. So Android will be coming very shortly. And we're very excited now that we get to do the live on there. I think I'll have to listen to that show having a 
marketing firm of my own and yes. serving the equestrian and sports and recreation industries for the last 20 years I might be it, something I should listen to. I found it very interesting because they really get into what what companies look for in athletes. Yeah. And then, you know, what these rodeos are doing, because as I said, there's nobody that markets better in our world. And I don't care whether you agree with rodeos or not or how you feel about that. There's still nobody does it better than marketing. They fill the stands. And uh, and, but they also fill the stands with non-horse people. And that's something where the rest of the disciplines have trouble. And, you know, they're talking about all the outreach they do and the different things they do to make that happen. So it's been very interesting for me to listen to it as a marketer outside the rodeo world and how it could apply to other disciplines. It's been. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've put some mind share to this and it's it's different. You know, the rodeo has a broader target audience. So um, it's. It's entertaining on a level that most other horse disciplines are not. Um, there's a level of excitement, right? There's risk and danger, which is ridiculous because, um, hello, have you ever gone to a jumper class? You know, the speed stakes. Have you ever gone to Rolex? <laughs> a Rolex, right. Um, but Rolex is, you know, I don't know. I, I think it would be really interesting to listen to the show and and um, what marketing principles, what key marketing principles they take from marketing rodeos and how they would transpose those onto the other disciplines. That would be really neat because there are some specific challenges for for cross country in particular. You have to travel, you know, so your target audience is going to be primarily local. It's, it's a bit different. Yeah, I agree. And, and, Take a listen. Rodeo yeah, I think it's show. really fascinating. You can find it on the horseradionetwork.com or on our app, uh, and it'll be on the uh, Android app shortly. Love it. Can't wait. Cool. So there's all kinds of new shows going around. Your new show, and we got a new show on the network. There might be a couple of new shows coming out in the network. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. You might want to listen for those. I got an email from a listener, and I wish I could find it. I had so many when we were gone. But uh, the listener said said, uh, it's a good thing that I'm retired to have time to listen to all these shows. And now Helena started a new one. <laughs> now I got to listen to that too. <laughs> oh, it is a ton of fun. Let me tell you. It so, is a ton so of fun. So what's it been like? I want to ask you this before we get started because I find it interesting because yours is a very local show about a city for that matter. Uh, it, it's a touristy city. It's one that everybody knows in, or, uh, you know, in Newport, Rhode Island. But what how's how's it been different doing a show that's very local it's been different in all great ways um so the the thing about the city that we're focusing on Newport Rhode Island is that people are as passionate about traveling to Newport or living in Newport as they are about horses so it's about tapping into things that people love and just like with horses Newport has many different facets of it that make it lovable so you know, on Stable Scoop, we could talk to Morgan people, we could talk to eventing people, we could talk to people who are interested in equine veterinary health. Well, when we're talking about Newport, we can talk about all kinds of different things from restaurants to sailing to um, a lot of the the farms around here. A lot of people don't realize that Rhode Island has a lot of, um, it's a beautiful microclimate. It's great for growing. So there's a lot of farms and there's a lot of farm to table stuff that's going on. So In a lot of ways, it's very similar to doing Stable Scoop and working with the Horse Radio Network. How it's different is that 
I can physically go and try every single one of these things out and that talk about is them cool. with a firsthand <laughs> experience. And you know me, I love everything. So, and Buck, we're just, we're, we're so happy exploring Newport and discovering all these things. It's very easy to come back and gush about them. So we're creating this energy among our listeners that, you know, we're going out there, we're testing these, these places out and then coming back and reporting the good stuff. And, I thought uh, that's what you would say because, you, you know, you and I have reported on so many cool horsey things over the last eight years, right? And we would wanted to do them all, but yeah. you know, we just can't afford to do them all because they're so spread out. And it just, first of all, it would take us all the time in the world and all the money in the world to do that. But you get to do that by doing local. And I'm kind of jealous that way. It is. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It is so much fun. And we had a restaurant owner on yesterday. We taped with her and she was talking about where they get their fish from. And one of the places, um, first of all, it was a fish I hadn't even heard of before. Tautog, Tautog, it's called. And it actually it swims around. It doesn't sound edible, to be honest. <laughs> it actually swims around in these rocky, craggy areas of the Newport coastline, which I've actually swam in and sat on. And and so you end up feeling this connection to the city. It, you're, let's just put it this way. Your love deepens and grows. Just like every time we talk about a new breed of horse, I'm like, I got to get a Morgan. I got to get a Cleveland Bay. I got to get an Arabian. You know, when you learn something detailed like that, you develop an appreciation for it. So it's really fun to be able to experience it firsthand in person. Well, I got to experience Rolex firsthand in person uh, this last weekend. It was so much fun. We did a couple of Horses in the Morning shows from there, did a Horse Husbands episode. And thanks to our friends at horselovers.com, let me tell you what, they had a huge, like half of the concourse uh, in the indoor arena was horse lovers, and we talk about them <laughs> having we talk about them having the largest selection of online products, right? At horselovers.com. Yeah, I bet their booth was huge. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> it just oh. went on and on and on and on. There was a, it, it was a huge booth, and they were kind enough to put us up. So we had our hour. We recorded right in their booth. We were right by the saddles. Bait Saddles was our sponsor, so it was nice to be able to be right by the Bait Saddles, actually. Uh, but they did, they had four checkouts going, and at times they were 20 to 30 deep at all four checkouts. Wow. It was incredible. Wow. But they're, just the selection that they have was unbelievable. We're going to talk about one of their products. We're starting the Tack and Habit, the Horse Lovers Tack and Habit segment, where they're actually sending us products that we can test and talk to you about. And I have one of those products today. Helena's going to be getting some here shortly. And I was and, just filling out my spreadsheet. Oh, were you excited. good? Because okay. <laughs> we need to get I was like, oh, I'm going to try that. And when I try that, I'm like, no, I got five of those. I want to try that. Oh, no, I got one of those. <laughs> I know it's it's fun to and and we're going to get a little bit of listener help with that too as we go along. But I wanted to thank Horse Lovers for putting us up and putting up with us both uh, in their booth. And you can find all of their terrific products. They And as I said, they have a huge selection, great prices. Obviously, all those thousands of people at Rolex saw what value they had there at Rolex. And you can find that same value by going to horselovers.com. Their, their website also is easy to get around. It's easy to find various things. But you especially go there and check their daily deals. Go there and check 
the various uh, uh, sections of the website. Just don't uh, go search for one thing and and then buy that. You got to check out the other things. There's a lot of stuff that you're going to go. Well, I need to add that to my list that right. you didn't even know existed in the horse world. They had some new products I didn't even know about until I was there. So go to horselovers.com. Check it out today, and we'll talk more about them as we get to our Tack and Habit product of the week. But first, we have to head off to Nick Snap of the Make It Snappy Show for our productivity tip of the month. Well, hi, Nick. Welcome back to the show. Thanks again for having me, Glenn. It's always a pleasure. Well, now, last month when you were on the show, well, first of all, before we get started, we have to congratulate you. You're a daddy for the third time. I sure am. Tell I'm everybody what you what you had or what your wife had, actually. You were just there watching. Yeah, I was just there watching. I had a little bit of responsibility to kind of keep her calm. But yeah, we had our third boy. His name is Nico. Nico. Where'd that oh, name that's come cool. from? That's cool. Thanks. It's kind of named after me, but the Spanish version. So she's Puerto Rican and we just, it worked. Oh, so, cool. That's neat. Yeah, I so, like it a lot. Thank Nico. you. Nico Emmanuel. Oh, that's Aww. really cool. What, what, so what age range do you have? We have a four-year-old, six-year-old, and a less than a month old. So we're busy, a little bit busy. And how, wow. How Are the two older boys, like, happy that they have a new baby brother or? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first time or the, our second one, he was 25 months younger or older, excuse me. And he was jealous. Like, But this time, they're embracing this little guy. They're telling him how much they love him. It's just, it's a sweet, it's a really sweet deal. Because you got that team mentality going now. You know, they have a posse. They just added their posse. See, this is how boys think. And they're not, <laughs> That's threatened, right. not threatened by the younger one because there's two of them. So there's no threat. This is true. I Besides, they're getting that. to the age where they want less parental involvement anyway. So <laughs> They want to do everything on their own. Yep. They have that fiery Puerto Rican attitude. Not that there's anything wrong with fiery Puerto Ricans, but my wife's one of them, and they totally got that from her, not from me. I'm just telling you. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> Well, congratulations again, and new new daddy. So you have all of that diaper thing to look forward to again. It's such a thing to look forward to, too. Isn't it? <laughs> I have like to come up the with diaper thing. Product- I didn't mind it. <laughs> Productivity tips for changing the diaper. You know, it's like yes. horse people looking at manure. You know, like when you're when you change your baby's diaper, you know that everything is fine. His body is working the way it should. Never made that association, but. Now I will every time I change that diaper. <laughs> That's how it goes. You're like, oh, things are looking good. All systems go. Moving on. No horse diapers. That's not. That's not like a thing. Is you don't have to use horse diapers, but you know we do muck their stalls out and we pick the barnyard and we take a look at their manure and their manure can speak volumes. They can the, their manure can tell us things that they themselves cannot communicate. The same is true with babies. Like big white worms. If you see big white worms in your baby's <laughs> diaper, you know you're in trouble. Okay. Too Here's loose. Too too dry. <laughs> you know. Nick's never coming back. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Who doesn't like talking about poop? Oh, <laughs> and guess what we're talking about today in your productivity segment? It's perfect tie-in. Perfect. We're talking about, we started this last month, and we mentioned it last month, and I said we should talk about it today, and that's eating the frog. Um, and eating the frog? Oh, man, I thought you wanted to talk frog, about eating the hog. Which might Glenn. cause worms, actually. <laughs> But I'm not you guys sure. are scaring me. I don't know if I want to do the show. Right now. All right, Nick. Eating the frog is a term. Where did that start? And then we'll tell everybody what it is. It started by a quote that was taken from Mark Twain, actually. 
And I was going to make this little bit about eating the hog, but I just totally just went nowhere. So we'll just cut that out. Because I was going to have some Polk County guys Stick being with worms. about productive, uh, <laughs> productive worms. hunting or something. But no, it was, it was from Mark Twain. He said, eat a live frog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day. That's where it started from. And it was a book by Brian Tracy. He took that and embraced it for, for a whole book. And it was brilliant. That's where I got it from was Brian Tracy's book. It's called Eat That Frog, 21 Great Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get More Done in Less Time. Uh, and I listened to the audio version of that book, actually, uh, years ago. I mean, it was a while back. But that is one thing. This eating the frog, we'll tell you what it is. Hold on. The eating the frog is one thing that has helped me get more done than anything else. That one thing. That's so great. So let's explain what it is. Please, because I'm sitting on the edge of my seat here. <laughs> <laughs> well, eating that frog is based on the premises that you can't do it all. My favorite quote from the book, and I'm not sure this is a Brian Tracy quote or he just took it from somebody else, but it was, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. So eating that frog is a picture of, okay, if that frog sitting on your plate first thing in the morning, like Mark Twain said, if that's the only thing you need to do. It's the worst thing that's going to happen to you, and you down that frog, then you're going to have a great day because you you tackled it and you got rid of it. So there's a lot of big, ugly things that are on our plate that are sometimes scary that we don't necessarily know how to go about doing it. And the first thing that we do is we'll procrastinate it or we'll find excuses for why we need to work on these other peripheral things that might not be quite as important. But at the end of the day, if you really want to progress and move forward, you got to eat that frog. And I, I always took it that it was the thing that you don't want to do that day. It's the most, mm. probably the most important thing to get that done that day. But for some reason, it's, it's I don't know, it just is bugging you. And it, it's, it, it could be the, either the hard task, it could be the task that emotionally is very difficult for you to do, that phone call you don't want to make. Um, it could be anything. It, it's just the thing that you don't want to do that day. But by doing it first thing and getting it out of the way, it's also off your mind. Because if you procrastinate that thing, it's on your mind all day. I got to do that. Oh, I dread doing that. I just hate, I'm just dreading that. And then you keep putting it off and putting it off. And it really does ruin your day. Mm-hmm. Helena, you know, you've had, you, I know you, you, you're like us. You have those things that you put off and put off and put off because it's just not enjoyable for whatever reason. And it bugs you the whole time. Whereas if you just get it done first thing in the morning, you're free. You're mentally free then the rest of the day. Well, I'm glad you used the word free because I'm probably one of the worst procrastinators that I know. And a lot of people wouldn't know that from the outside looking in because I'm constantly busy and I'm constantly doing things and getting things done. But you're right, Nick. There is this big, ugly thing that starts out on your plate as a frog, you know, an ugly frog. and it doesn't have to be a physically big thing. It doesn't. It's not necessarily the thing that's the most um, demanding of your time or that's going to take the most energy. It could be something small that makes you really uncomfortable inside, like emotionally or mentally. And those are the things that, those are my frogs. So maybe a difficult conversation with a client, I have to make a phone call or I have to return an email or deliver some bad news. Those are emotionally my frogs. And, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Right. Yeah. So you, but you're saying is, Tackle those things early on because that will actually create energy by freeing up 
See, I look at it as I'm getting rid of that negative energy that surrounds this this task. Mm -hmm. And by getting rid of the negative energy, I'm actually creating positive energy, which will then allow me to complete as many, much more than I thought I could throughout the rest of the day. Am I on the right track here? Absolutely. You nailed okay. it. Yeah. Positive energy and it's just eliminating mental clutter. You can think more clearly once that's gone and out of your head. And a lot of the the times just getting this whole process started is kind of confusing because people don't necessarily think about what is it the most important thing that's they need to do today or what's on their mind that's taking that energy away. So you, Brian Tracy, the author of the book, goes through a process of clearing that mental clutter, getting it down into a, on a piece of paper just out of your head and then looking at it and figuring out, okay, well, how am I feeling about these different things? And what do I really need to tackle now that's going to, to free up my mind to mm. focus? You know, I, I have a... I, I tried using so many, and I'm a geek, so I tried using <laughs> so many online, you know, to-do lists and all this stuff. And I came back to creating my own piece of paper that I write on and transfer stuff over every day. Uh, that's my daily checklist of things to do. And at the top, I actually have frog. I have frog labeled, and that's where I write in my frog. And Very you know cool. what else, too? I don't know if you've noticed this, Nick, but... Your frog always in your mind before you do it is a hundred times worse than when you actually do it. <laughs> it sure is. You know, you actually make that phone call, right? And that whatever phone call you've been putting off or you're creating a document that you're just going, oh, God, I don't want to do that. And then you actually do it and you go, well, that wasn't so bad. You almost always say, oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> so, you're right. <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing about the frog is just getting started. And the the thing that I took away the most from that book is once you develop this muscle, like did, prioritizing and working on the hardest thing and getting it done right out of the, the gate is almost like a muscle. It's like a habit that you need to form that gets stronger over time. It's a mental habit. And it's not going to be easy at first. I think with the frogs, I can think of all kinds of frogs that I've done in the past and getting started can be a grind, but there's a certain tipping point where you start getting into a little bit of a flow and you, then you start. And even if it's a complex project, it helps that momentum. It helps keep, keep going over time. So if you could just develop the habit to start and just dedicate and commit to doing the frog thing every morning, you're more likely to be able to, to get things done more efficiently and continue it. The habit. So it's a habit. Now, see, if I could just make it into a habit, because it's such an uphill battle to A, identify my frog, and then I need like a key phrase. And honestly, you know who who really, um, Glenn, helped me out with overcoming my frogs is Daniel Stewart mm. having a catchphrase. And one of his was fake it till you make it. And so a lot of these cat, like have a catchphrase whenever you're faced with a challenge. Um, you know, if you guys remember back, if you do a search on stable scoop, we did an episode with Daniel Stewart where he told a story about a duck flying out on cross country course. I don't remember who the rider was, but a duck had literally flown <laughs> into the rider on cross country. And there are these key phrases that you play over in your mind that help you stay on track. And for procrastination or tackling my frog, it's like taking your medicine. I say to myself, all right, you got to put your big girl pants on and just do it. Just get this done. Just I get it that. done. I love that. So just get it done has become my catchphrase for my frog. But I have yet to turn just getting it done into a habit. Well, so I think tell us, I I'm think looking at Nick to tell us, like, how do you turn something like that into a habit? Yes, well, habits, I whole nother discussion. Maybe we could focus on it in the future episodes, but in a general sense, the ways that I found to be most effective in forming a habit are accountability. It's like the most 
underrated productivity tool. That's the key. And that's what he talks about in the book is writing it down. Every morning you have to physically write it down on a piece of paper. The act of writing it down puts it in front of you and then you, it's right there in front of you. And so it's, for me, it was the act of writing it down. It makes it real that way. Yeah. Get it, getting it to the point. And that's, there's a weekly review that I do as a nightly review when you're planning your day, that's part of that process. But there, at some point you need to execute. And for me, Glenn, it's been accountability. I got to find creative ways to hold myself accountable. And mm. typically for me, I make it public. I say, this is what I'm going to do. As a matter of fact, I, it's, coincidentally, maybe some way I, without thinking about it, this knowing that I was going to come on here and talk about eating the frog inspired me to do it. But I have a Facebook group I call Productivity on Purpose. So I don't think I've told you guys this before, but you know, my last name is Snap. And this Productivity on Purpose is Pop. Right. So okay. I'm trying to figure out some sort of way to incorporate crackle, crackle. Kind of all <laughs> full circle. But that's, that's what the, the Facebook group is called. And I put this challenge out there that said, what are you going to do this week that you've been putting off? What are you finally going to get done this week that you've been putting it off? So the idea is that every day we're going to, first of all, put it, make it public. This is what I'm going to do. And then every day chart the progress. How do we do against that goal? And that for me is the frog. So mm. like, accountability is just a really, really big thing for me. But the first step, like you said, Glenn, absolutely get out of your head, put it on paper, make it real. Well, I just joined the group, so I hope you'll let me in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't Careful, wait Careful, though, Nick. He's a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in a group called Pop. He starts uh, the trouble. Well, you could call it a crackle part. Like That could be the energy or the electricity that you create. Yeah, from. maybe Glenn's nickname on the group. I will just call him Uncle Crackle. And Crack- Uncle, we'll be <gasps> <upset>. Uncle <laughs> Crackle? God. I, I want to scream and squeal right now, but I can't. <laughs> Uncle Thank Crackle. you, Nick. Can Tell I, everybody where they you? can find your show. We're saying goodbye <laughs> to you now. <laughs> All right. Well, look for that comment. I'm going to welcome Uncle Crackle to the group. But in the meantime, my show's uh, the Make It Snappy Productivity Show. You can find it at makeitsnappyshow.com. And we put out, I've been putting out two episodes a week now. I've stepped it up. That was my Woo! frog the last couple of weeks. And I did that actually the first time I did After that was the when baby, Nico you was started born. that. You're it was wild. Yeah. Man. I had it in the, in the, I don't know what's wrong with me, but hey, look, if you've set up a process that works, then go with it and eat the frog continuously. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Make it snappyshow.com. That's it. Thanks so much. Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products where funny names mean serious products. Featuring. Uncle Jimmy's Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love. The award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hangin' Balls. Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Ball, the incredible licky thing, also in sugar-free. The amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker Wrecker and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious flavored filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors, apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed.
Uh, we want to thank Uncle Jimmy's for his continued support. Uh, we just got uh, a new hanging ball because Scooter likes his hanging balls and he likes to play with them. And he, he pre- I'm not sure how much he actually eats, but he beats them up pretty good. So, <laughs> so they are Scooter approved, that's for sure. Scooter likes anything sweet. Like the oh the the uh, anything that comes from Uncle Jimmy's scooter will eat because they're sweet. So yeah. you know they have molasses and stuff in them. So he just likes them. I mean he does. But they do have a sugar free version too. So check out all the options at, at uh, Uncle Dash Jimmy's. Sugar free, schmugger free. Yeah, that's right. Scooter, scooter stick like with me. Free. Let's go for the sweet stuff. <laughs> yeah, he likes the sweet stuff. The yeah. squeezy buns especially because they're individually wrapped and they yep. sound squishy. Oh man, he loves those. <laughs> do you know that I actually I I actually taste took a bite out of my horse's treats. Jennifer does the same thing. She like, tastes every one. Yeah, I taste it. I took a little bite. The crunchy ones little are bite. a little harder <laughs> than the, like the squeezy the, But buns. the ones that are the super sweet ones that are made with molasses yes. and then especially the ones that um, were frosted on top. <laughs> you like the icing? <laughs> I did. I licked it and then I nibbled a piece off it. Am I weird? Does no, that I make think uh, most horse girls do that. Hey, matter of fact, why don't you put that as the question of the week on our stable scoop page? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, how many of you eat your you know, test, taste test the horse's treats? I mean, we'll make that the taste uh, the question of the week on stable scoop. Okay. And follow us on Facebook. Well, let's head off to our listener of the week. And this week we're going to, you know, we're going down in age a bit. Ruby, uh, well, she'll tell you how old she is, but she's a teenager. She's been listening to our shows for years since she was a little kid. And uh, she's coming on today. So we thought we'd get a different perspective from a teenage listener of the shows. Yes, we do have one. I think we have more than one, but she's the one that's coming on today. She's the bravest yeah, of the that's bunch. Right. Yeah. It is the year of the listener. And now, our Stable Scoop Listener of the Week. Well, hi, Ruby. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hi, Glenn. I think you are now officially our youngest person <laughs> that has been highlighted this year. That's, that's, I find that surprising. I would think there would be more horse-crazy teenage girls that would want to listen. <laughs> there might be, but they're just, maybe they just don't want to talk to us about that. <laughs> so if there are other teenagers out there listening, write to us and let us know you're listening. But Ruby, you've been listening, I think, since Horses in the Morning started. Uh, I don't know quite that long, but at least like two or three years now. <laughs> Yeah, I thought so because when we were playing games, you were you were coming on yeah. all the time with yeah, us. Yeah, the, the the wheel of trivia. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I learned quite a bit of stuff from that. <laughs> yes, you did. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us today. Now you're a high schooler. Yes, I'm a sophomore. <laughs> sophomore? Okay, cool. Yeah, so far I'm surviving. <laughs> and are you a horse owner, or did you are just a horse crazy girl? Just a horse crazy girl with a dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why yeah. have your parents resisted at this point? Yeah, it's just too expensive, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, but like the chickens and the goats and whatnot, we're getting stuff out of that. 
so it's more reasonable to afford that. You know, having a horse just for pleasure is just a little bit too expensive. Well, now let's talk <laughs> about the chickens and the goats and the turkeys and the ducks <laughs> and the whatever other birds you have well, hanging around well, there. I, I don't have ducks at okay. this point. I did try to hatch some, but they didn't hatch, so I'm going to have to try that again next year. <laughs> You are a bird person, and not only that, what do they call people who like to go out and, and see birds in the wild? What do they call They have a name. What is that? Uh, well, you got your passive people that are just bird watchers, and then you got your intense people that keep, like, lifeless and uh, record, you know, new birds, new bird species that they see, and that's me. I'm a birder. <laughs> where, where did you get you interested got- in that? That's very unusual for somebody your age. <laughs> Um, my dad, uh, started it as kind of a father daughter project. So, uh, we started volunteering at, uh, the Hacienda River Preserve that's, uh, near us. So, and, uh, that's just kind of, that's a big birding hotspot. So you kind of got to know your basics when you're being a docent there. <laughs> now do you, and you've also gone on trips doing birding, right? Yeah. Well, whenever we travel, we usually try to coordinate, you know, uh, day or two here and there are specific spots that we want to go birding and uh, I'm kind of fortunate to have an aunt that lives on Galveston Island which is only about half an hour 45 minutes away from High Island which is a big gigantic birding hot spot especially (laughs) and it's very hot with mosquitoes too (laughs) Um, but it's really really popular like that's like the birder mecca you gotta go (laughs) Got to go to High Island. <laughs> and is that in Arizona or Colorado? No, that's in um, in Texas. Texas. So, okay. yeah, near Galveston Island and uh, Houston. Got it. Well, you know, my brother, oldest brother, who is retired now, has really gotten into photography. And uh, bugs and mm-hmm. birds are his two things. <laughs> and I'll tell yeah. you what, he's really good. And I have, I didn't. You know, I always thought bugs are creepy, but when he photographs them with his very expensive equipment, I mean, it, yeah. it makes them look beautiful, actually. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that are photographers, but not quite, you know, into birding, but they go out to photograph, you know, take photographs of birds. They're just that kind of subject that I guess presents a challenge that a lot of photographers want to take up. <laughs> Well, that makes sense, and and they're pretty. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, yeah, they're very variety. The variety is just amazing. That's one of the reasons I love birds so much. <laughs> well, now you are, you're homeschooled too, right? Yes, I'm homeschooled. I've been homeschooled since day one, basically. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> it was decided before I was born because my mom, when she came to Arizona, she came as a high school teacher. And she hated the Arizona school system. So from that day on, her children were going to be homeschooled. Well, and you know what's nice about that is at least your mom's a teacher, right? So, <laughs> so yeah. She knows how to do that. Uh, so that's yeah, cool. although we butted heads a lot with math. So now I use like an online school for, for the math part. <laughs> are, you, are you one of those uh, horse girls who's good at English and not so good at math? Yeah, I I really, really like English, and it's one of the um, things I would love to be a writer someday. <laughs> well, now, let's get back to the birds. So you really have a lot of chickens that like some rare ones, right? Um, well, I do. The only, like, rare, rare one I have right now is my rooster, Hansi. Um, 
He's a Icelandic rooster, and a friend gave him to me. But if she had sold them to me, he would be worth fifty dollars. So, wow. so he's a little brat of a rooster, and I really don't like him. But he's a small rooster, and he's fifty dollars, so I can't exactly eat him. He's <laughs> kind of a pain. <laughs> you had turkeys too, right? Yes, I got lots of turkeys. But they're uh, turkeys are special. I mean. When they say that a turkey will drown looking up in the rain, that's not quite too far from the truth. These guys don't really know really what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I always heard they weren't real big on brain power. No, um, when we domesticated them, I think we lost a lot of those good brains that the wild ones have. <laughs> <laughs> now, you also have goats, and I, goats are something I, I just have never had a fondness for goats. I really, what you, what you need to have is a goat savvy dad that has been through all of this before. So he knows what fencing to build mm. that will keep the goats in. <laughs> so, well, that so was always the problem. The goats were always is, getting out and the goats were always eating everything. Yeah. Mm. So, so far these guys haven't gotten out and I don't think they will knock on wood. <laughs> well, do you get to ride horses at all? Um, every once in a while, I haven't a whole lot recently just because I'm so busy with uh, 4-H stuff and end-of-the-year school stuff and whatnot, um, but there is a ranch um, near me that I'll go riding there sometimes. Well, that's cool, and I know you put down, tell everybody about the most adventurous place you've ever ridden. I think I went to the same place. <laughs> yeah. When I was younger, probably around five or six, um, we were in Tennessee and we went on one of those, you know, rent horse trail ride things. And um, I, th- I actually fell in love with That's where I really kind of really actively started drawing horses because I fell in love with the horse that I rode, which his name was Papa Top. He was a, he was a paint. I still remember him after all these years. <laughs> and I drove, I, I drew him a ton. Um, you know, after we left the place. So we went riding, you know, in the um, the Smoky Mountains. And just the scenery was amazing. You know, we crossed creeks and whatnot. Oh, absolutely beautiful. I'd love to go back. <laughs> I know. I've ridden in the Smoky Mountains before, too. And it is really cool. It is really neat. Yeah. Especially that part it's, in uh, Tennessee around Gatlinburg and yeah. all of if, that. If, yeah. If, I, if I wind up moving away from Arizona, I'd... It'll probably be somewhere in like Tennessee or someplace like that. Oh, so well, beautiful. Well, I don't now, know if I can handle the winters though. <laughs> well, now let's get back to you being an artist. You are an amazing artist, and uh, mainly with drawing that I've seen. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I try. how did you ever? I mean, you're you're what thirteen, fourteen? I'm sixteen. Actually, sixteen. Okay, we started with you. I think when you were like twelve. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, but you, how do you get that good that young? I mean, you're really good. Uh, it, like I said, I started drawing right around five or six, and my horses back then were not very good, but I kept at it, and finally I got, um, you know, how to draw a horse book, and that's really kind of where I started improving. And my horses weren't just a small circle in the front and a big circle for the middle mm-hmm. and, you know, twigs for legs. <laughs> um, that's really where I kind of started, you know, getting better. And the realistic shading and whatnot really took off when um, 
I, I met a lady who was a really good artist and she was willing to, you know, do a little art class with me for a couple of hours. And she really taught me a lot of the basic shading techniques and, you know, gave me the confidence it's okay to trace a little bit, you know, with the reference drawing or something like that. Um, and then, you know, really the practice with shading. That's really where I started taking off with the realistic drawings and whatnot. Well, I've seen a lot of your work, and it, it is very, very good. I can't imagine another 10 years <laughs> Thank of what you. you're going to be like. Uh, and, yeah. and I'm also very jealous because I have no ability in that <laughs> department whatsoever. And, you know, yeah, they my say... Mom is... Go ahead. Sorry. My mom is very proud of me. Uh, you know, just when she tells people about my art abilities, she's like, I made that. <laughs> and you know what? I owe you a picture still, don't I? Yes, All right. do. <laughs> I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to get that picture. You're going to do one of Scooter, and i got to get that over to <laughs> I you. I will have fun on your little pony. <laughs> yeah. Can you make him with, like, devil ears and, you know, fire <laughs> coming out his nose? Because that's the way he's been around the new I, I guess I could. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way he's been around the new It would not be horse. very realistic. Well, but... <laughs> don't put a halo on him. That's for darn sure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll do it because I like doing some cartoon drawing too just to kind of warm up a little bit maybe I'll do a little cartoon of Scooter with a little halo just to annoy you <laughs> or maybe with some devil ears I'll I don't know you, I'll have to decide that would be more that would be more accurate <laughs> well I, I'll definitely I'm going to get with uh, Jennifer tomorrow and we'll pick out a picture to send over to you Oh, thank you. <laughs> so we'll get that done. I've been wanting to do that for like two years now and just never got to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been pretty busy with drawing, though. So, yeah, I got one. I just got to get back on the I just finished one to uh, donate to a raffle. And um, my mom wound up winning it because she wanted to take it home. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's like with the, one of the first drawings that I was going to sell. My mom was like, you ain't selling that. And she gave me $25 for it. <laughs> Come on, let's go pick out a frame. <laughs> That's funny. Well, now, if you had a breed of horse that you you could pick any breed you wanted, what would it be? Um, probably a Mustang. Just I really like the whole history behind them, and just they seem to like the one horse that I ride at the ranch. She's uh, she's a Mustang, and uh, her two pasture mates are Mustangs, and they're just amazing, hardy, wonderful horses. Uh just awesome. Well, I want to thank you too for being an auditor. You know, I think you're the only thirteen, or you're the only teenage auditor we have for sure. Yeah, you guys get a bit of my, a bit of uh, my uh, allowance every month. Well, thank you so much. I don't know how your mom feels about that, but <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Well, it, it gets me to clean the dish and to clean the sink more and uh, wash the, you know, uh, clean the stove more. So okay, she's you happy about it. <laughs> Now you listened. I know you listen to horses in the morning because you listen. We know for a fact that you've called in in bed yeah. when you wake up because you're West Coast time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not. I really, really like it in the winter when I can get up at seven to listen instead of six. I don't know how Jamie does it. I don't know how she does it either, to be honest. But <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's switch gears a little bit and go into some rapid fire questions. Mm. Are you ready? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Fire away. All right. What's your favorite food? Mm, ice cream. <laughs> I'm with you on that Specifically one. Specifically mint chocolate chips. Oh, you and Jennifer, that's her favorite too. 
Yeah, for sure. It's uh, so wonderful. Mm. Me, just give me chocolate. I'll just uh, any. <laughs> I really like. The, I'm not too big of a fan of chocolate ice cream because some well, oftentimes it's like too like rich. Like I'm not fans of like dark chocolate. Oh, then you wouldn't not. like my real favorite ice cream, which is Moose Tracks. Uh yeah, I've, I've had that before. It's just too too much chocolate. For too me. much stuff going <laughs> on. <laughs> What's your least favorite food? Mm, coconut. I the the smell of coconut is almost enough to make me gag. I just I can't do it. <laughs> and do you have a favorite professional or celebrity equestrian? Uh, I really like Victor Espinosa just because that you know his amazing ride on American Pharaoh. I mean that was just awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. That's a good choice. Um, and what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I don't know. I keep I keep going back and forth from bringing like a chicken breeder to an artist to a writer to maybe a massage therapist. Uh, I can't decide. Well, none of those pay well, so you might have to do all of them. <laughs> well, massage therapist, that's kind of like my backup to maybe fund all the, all the other stuff that I want to do. Because <laughs> yeah. then you're going to have to have your own horse, too. Yeah, because, I mean, that's kind of the avenue, you know, thinking about the massage therapist, because um, it's pretty pretty easy to get certified as a massage therapist for animals, mm-hmm. for horses and for dogs, because there's um, a school that does it in Kentucky, and you can do it online, and it's, you know, barely, barely you know, it's like a couple hundred dollars to do the online and, you know, more for the on-site course. So that's kind of where I'm thinking with that avenue. And what's, uh, if you had one superhero power, what would it be? Oh, I think to talk to animals. I don't know if I'd, uh, that's kind of like a double-edged sword, though. I don't know if they would have, you know, good things to say about me. <laughs> I think the chickens would just be like, give me food faster yeah. now. What's and wrong the with you, lady? Would be the same. <laughs> yeah, hurry up. <laughs> they would just be like little, little, uh little people that I'm a slave to. Not, you know, I'm already that basically anyway, but they would be, you know, much more talkative about it. <laughs> so what's the most terrifying thing you've ever done and would you do it again? Um, when I was in Florida and St. Augustine um, for a week, couple years back, um, I think in like, you know, 2010 or something like that, um, there is this alligator farm that had this... Um, Zipline, of uh, course, thing you could like zipline mm-hmm. over the alligators. I know which one you're talking about, actually. <laughs> uh, I th- I thought that would be so cool because I've never ziplined before, and I really like alligators and crocodiles and whatnot. I love reptiles. I'm that crazy person. <laughs> um, I thought that would be really cool. What I missed about that was that it was a zipline slash obstacle course. It was no, it just wasn't just zipline. It was you having to walk across swinging logs, clinging onto this little rope, and just things like that. I'm good with the zip line, but when you're talking about balancing on a little little tightrope thing, holding on to this smaller, even smaller rope, that terrifies me. So uh, my dad was with me on the course, and he was behind me, so he waited while I persevered through it. 
because I'm not a quitter. I decided to do this. I was going to finish it, but I did cry a lot along the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever come to Acala, we have a real zip line that doesn't, it only has two of those uh, funny bridges, but um, but the zip lines <laughs> are goodness. great. And it goes over a quarry, so it's yeah, about the, 200 the, feet even down. The, yeah, even the zip lining was, uh, uh, was tough because the first um, zip lining section, it was uphill, so you weren't really supposed to stop. So I was going, and then I hit the platform, but I fell back, and I had to pull myself. No, hand oh, you had to do the hand-over-hand hand thing to get up, back yeah, up? Yeah, I had to pull myself <laughs> all the way back up to the platform, saying, oh, man, that was a pain. <laughs> it is so, fun. yeah, I was kind of scarred after that. <laughs> Well, let's uh, we'll wrap it up there. And thank you so much, Ruby, for being a listener and an auditor. We really appreciate you. And I know you've thank won you some stuff over time too. So you know, you never know. Maybe one of these days we'll get back to uh, playing some games again too. Yeah, I wouldn't mind free stuff again because I need a new pair of boots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thanks, Ruby. You're welcome. I'll get that picture out to you. Okay, thanks. Bye. And now it's time for Tack and Habit. Cue the music. This Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by Horselovers.com. And today's product that we're talking about is the Guardsman Fly Mask, and that is from Noble Outfitters. You know, we've highlighted a couple of Noble Outfitters products over time, and they sent us a couple of different fly masks to take a look at. This is a new line for them. I don't know if you've seen them yet, Helena, but it is a new line of fly masks. They're in most of the stores around here now. They have displays of these fly masks. They come in a great big card board thing uh so it's a big display and i you know i have a we've been we got them in and we got a horse size and we got a pony size unfortunately the pony size didn't fit my pony and the horse size didn't fit jennifer's horse oh so you ha- one of the things i will say about these is you have to be watch the sizing a little bit jennifer's horse has had is a little weird though. So I mean, you can, we really can't use that. And the ponies, Glenn, is, you can't talk about your wife's horse like that. It is a little weird. That's it, like talking about it's, your. It's kid. probably more worm blood size than horse size. You know, the new horse. So we the pony and, His our, name and my pony is Nigel. Nigel, yes. And my pony's head is a little smaller than most average ponies, right? Because he's a hackney. Yeah. So he can't really use us as a guide. However, the landlord's thoroughbred. Was perfect fit for the horse size. <laughs> awesome. He's about 15 to, you know, perfect thoroughbred size. And this fly mask fit him perfectly. So he's had it on for the last two weeks. And there's a couple of things. You know, fly masks are tough because because a lot of them get torn up right away. And if you got horses that chew all the time, we all know what our all complaints are about fly masks, right? Right, right, right. right. Well, one of the th- complaints Wait, I Wait, can have, I tell mine? Yeah, what's yours? Um... Mine always ends up in, a, in the corner of a field somewhere. Yeah, well, that's that's. And true I, too. I look, I look out like I go to get my horses or call them in for dinner, and I, I don't even recognize that the the fly mask is missing from his face. I just see some kind of man made lump in the corner of the field, and for some reason, my mind instantly goes to 
that's a major organ. My horse has been eviscerated and that's half of his guts. And you know what I mean? Like that shouldn't belong in the field. What is that? It's something dead or, you know. We are all so pessimistic when it comes to our horse. Maybe we're all just afraid of vet bills. Maybe that's what the real reason is. All right, moving on. I had to vent. That's my my fly mask. One of my complaints about most fly masks, and I have this problem with the scooter, is that... The fly mask is so close to their face around their eyes, it pushes against their eyes. And I'm always reaching in. You know, it has a little dimple by the eye with most fly masks, and I'm always reaching in and pushing the dimple out. Yeah, me too. Okay. Does that does everybody know what I'm talking about? I hope I'm explaining that. And then right. you poke your horse in the eye. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, and eh, and in another ten minutes, the dimples back in. So <laughs> this one is made that it almost has what I would call super duper pipe cleaners that run around the front where the eyeballs are and hold the mask out. Oh. So you don't have the problem of it poking them in the eyeballs. Uh, that is a big difference with this fly mask is it really does hold the, the, the mask out, uh, away from his head, away from the, 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 the eyes. And you can take those super duper pipe cleaner type things. I don't know what they have a fancy name. Oh, they call them the flex spine technology. I call them heavy duty pipe cleaners. Wow. That looks really cool. And you can take and bend them. So once you bend them into place, they pretty much have stayed. So when you first said like super duper pipe cleaner type, you know, technology, I was like, ah, that doesn't sound very comfortable. But when you look at it, it, it's, it actually looks very comfortable. Yeah, it is. And it sticks out from their face a little bit. So that makes one that that's one of the really uh, things yeah. that I saw about this that I really liked. It does have uh, it has a, a fleece lining around the crown, which is really nice and the nose. So it has fleece lining on both the crown and the nose, which is unusual. And that makes it a little more comfortable for the horse so you don't get the rub marks. Yeah. Um, plus, it has a removable nose attachment, so you can. It's velcroed on, so you can uh, take the nose attachment on and off. Uh, right. And uh, we did not have the nose attachment on because th- this particular horse. If you have a horse with a white nose, that's important. Yeah. Uh, for sunburning, um, it also the way it's contoured around his nose and around the back of the head and around the eyeballs, uh, or around the ears, rather, is really good for keeping the bugs out. Because, you know, how many times have we taken fly masks off and there's three flies in there, right? Oh, I know. You know, and it's like, well, that's not doing... (laughs) That's just hold them against the horse's eyeball. Which makes the whole putting on of the fly mask process (laughs) even worse because the horse is like, are you kidding me? You get this wrong every (laughs) single time. So then we, you know, and then then they're like, yeah, I'm not really interested in having you put that on my face again. So I'm going over here. (laughs) You can have a party with your fly mask and then your horse is gone. Yep, that's right. So the, the so that's pretty good. The the Velcro seems to be like the super strong Velcro. Although I will say, most fly masks have figured out the super strong Velcro now. At least the you know the higher the higher ones have. And this yeah. is super Velcro. I the mean, better quality. Yeah, this fly is masks. really tough Velcro. I doubt this one's going to. Co- well, as a matter of fact, I asked the owner because we were gone. I uh, did did this come off? She said it hasn't come off once. So mm. and these two play with each other. The two horses she have are playing lip tag all the time, uh, all the time. Well, I'm gonna have to see because Brody gets out of his fly masks. Well, we haven't had that try. problem yet. The other thing that it has is a hangy hook at the top, so you can hang it up. I like it has that. a hangy hook, and that's actually velcroed too. So if it gets caught on something, it will rip open. 
So if they get it caught on a branch or something, it's not yep. going to hang them. Uh, it actually rips open. I thought that was an interesting, tiny little design thing that uh, w- was very important. That makes our lives easier. Yes. Um, it, it's UV coated, I, you know, and all of that for, you know, sun protection. Now, I would say it's about as tough as other higher end fly masks. This runs $24. So it's as tough as other ones. I don't know how long it's going to last in the long term. He's only been reading or wearing it a, about a week and a half. Um, there, I will say there's a tiny little tear by the one, uh, the side where they probably did some lip tag. It's tiny. Uh, but other than that, I don't see anything else that's happened in, in a week and a half, two weeks with it. Uh, okay. it seems to be heavier duty material than, than a lot of them are. It's not the real flimsy fly mesh stuff. This is the heavier duty stuff. Right. Uh, so I, you know, as far as durability, I can't really attest to that at this point. Um, I don't know. And, you know, that kind of depends on <laughs> how, tough your, uh, <laughs> how tough the friends are on the fly mask. Yeah. But the stitching seems to be, uh, you know, very durable. And the, the, I don't know what you call it, the trim is stitched in four places. So each trim piece has four rows of stitching. I kind of looked at that too. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes a difference. So there's little things that I really like. I would say the sizing might be a little bit of an issue. Uh, Keep your receipt in case you have to bring it back and change it for a different size. Uh, So that's just one caution I would have. But uh, at the price, this is a higher-end fly mask, and I think it comes across as a higher-end fly mask. I mean, it really appears to be a higher-end fly mask. So I would, you know, I I think it's worth taking, uh, taking a look at. Cool. I'm going to take a look at it. Yeah. And especially if you need the nose piece, you know, um, for sun protection and stuff too, it really does work well that way. And if you're, if you're bugged like I am about keeping it away from the eyeballs, then that's something to take a look at too. So there you go. You can find it at horselovers.com. We'll put a link into it. But if you go to horselovers.com and search for guardsmen, guardsmen, why can't I say that word today? Guardsmen Fly Mask. Horselovers.com, search for Guardsmen Fly Mask. They have a couple of different designs that you can get, one with ears and one without. So head on over to horselovers.com and you'll find them there. And that is my product review of the week. I hope it helped. And that's all. We're going to wrap it up today. Thank you for joining us. For details about today's show, just go to stablescoop.com. And did you know that you can get the HRN app right on your iPhone or Android? Just search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and super easy to use. And we really love your feedback. Join us on Facebook, follow our tweets, or even better, become an HRN auditor for the real inside scoop of what's going on. And you can send Helena an email at helena at horseradionetwork.com or me at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. And also, I get every email that comes to at horseradionetwork.com. So if you put stupid idiot at horseradionetwork.com, I'll get that one too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this week's sponsor is horselovers.com and also to Uncle Jimmy. Thank you, Uncle Jimmy, for your continued support. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the network. You can find them at horseradionetwork.com. That's Are it, we done? Helena. Yep, we're, we're done. done. We're Finally. done. Finally? Yep, that's it. You sure? You promise? Yep. Well, that's it then. There will be more next week. Until then, we wish you happy scooping.